We are glad that you are joining us for this podcast this morning. Today we are concluding our series on transforming adversity into destiny and pray that you have benefited immensely spiritually from it. Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that no matter what we have been through thus far in life, you have purposed it for something greater than we could ever imagine. So this morning, Lord, we honor you, we worship you, we exalt you and magnify you for always being so involved in our lives. Bless this word today. Encourage us, challenge us, take us to a new level spiritually in you. We honor you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, UBC. The reading this morning is taken from Genesis chapter 50, from verse 15. I will just give you a few seconds to find it in your own Bibles. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers and sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now, please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. So far we're reading God's word. The title of the message this morning is, But God... Genesis 50, 15 to 21. Let me repeat it. The title of the message this morning is, But God. Genesis 50, verses 15 to 21. Someone once said, Life is lived looking forward, but only understood looking backward. Before the arrival of his brothers in Egypt, Joseph's focus was on looking forward to the future. But God was about to change that. He was about to give Joseph a lesson in looking back. The brothers waited for 40 years before they got the nerve to admit their sin and ask for forgiveness. Think of all the agony, the guilt, the shame, the lies and the cover-up they had to endure. Bloodstains. Tear stains were everywhere. Joseph, though, never sought revenge on his brothers. Notice what he said. Am I in the place of God? Verse 19. 
In asking this, Joseph indicates that revenge is best left to God and not to him or any other person. Romans 12 verse 19 says, Vengeance is mine, belongs to God. Would we be willing to forgive those who have hurt us regardless of how long it takes? Joseph realized that all the events of his life were coordinated and organized by God. The big picture that Joseph saw was the reality that their mistreatment of him was purposed by God. That purpose was so vast, all-encompassing, and far-reaching. The pain with the pleasure, the good with the bad, all tied together. The Lord reminded Joseph, the robe torn, in other words, his coat that was torn, became a royal one. The pit was a place of purpose for Joseph. In that pit, Joseph realized for the first time that life would not be handed to him on a silver platter. He would have to work hard for whatever he desired in life. The slave market in Egypt was God's next place of purpose for Joseph. It represented humiliation, deprivation, and disintegration. Yet God had a purpose in allowing his child to pass there. This too would not last forever. The house of Potiphar was the next stop in Joseph's journey of purpose. There it became obvious to everybody that God was with him. Although his stay in Potiphar's house ended in apparent tragedy, Joseph needed to go there to learn about administration, human resource management, agriculture, and many other things that would serve him well in future years. The prison was God's next stop for Joseph. The stops taught him that no suffering is permanent. Romans 8 verse 18 says, Our present suffering are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Joseph needed to be in that prison to learn about justice and injustice and about dealing with all types of people. Once God elevated him over Egypt, he would need to be able to identify with more than those in the upper echelons of society. He would need to know how to identify with all people, the suffering, the disappointed, those whose hopes had been dashed. The broken family grew old together. God ordained this reunion with his family. The very acts intended to destroy God's servant turned out to strengthen him. Could he have jumped from his father's house to the palace? Never. Could he have been successful as the prime minister of Egypt without the experience in Potiphar's house? Never. 
Could he have ruled Egypt without the years of imprisonment? Never. God knew just what he was doing at every step of the way. And so it is with each of us. We all have an ultimate destiny that we would like to jump right into, preferably avoiding any pain, trials, tests, or deprivations in the process. But it simply does not happen that way. The Lord takes us through the necessary training and stages to prepare us for what lies ahead. We are prone to despise these steps, avoid or escape them, but God knows the appointed time we need to be at a particular preparatory stop in life. There is too much ahead of us to spend wasting time focusing on self-pity and the past. Firstly, but God is greater than our schemes. Verses 15 to 19. Their father Jacob was a conniving schemer. The brothers of Joseph were conniving schemers. Most of his life Jacob had been using God and people to achieve his own selfish desires. Our greatest victories often arise from the ashes of our greatest defeats. How many of your greatest victories have come from the ashes of your greatest defeats? As soon as Jacob was crippled, he was able to hang on to the Lord for dear life. Jacob received the blessing he had been scheming to obtain all his life. Instead of Jacob, he was to become Israel. Instead of supplanter, schemer, he was to become a prevailer. Joseph was a prevailer. A heart that devises wicked schemes is the same thing as a person who engages in premeditated disobedience. Proverbs 6 verse 18 speaks about a heart that devices wicked schemes that God hates. A scheme often viewed as a multi-step plan is defined by the dictionary as an underhanded plot or an impractical project. I want to say this. Scheming is always underhanded and it is always impractical. It never solves anything. Schemes are not accidental, they are intentional. Schemes are also for the sole benefit of the schemer, not for the benefit of everybody else. What the brothers had done was indeed evil, and Joseph did not sugarcoat the truth. They were 100% responsible for their sin. Joseph did not regard their wrong or disregard their wrong. He did not pretend that what they did was anywhere close to right. They meant it for evil, but God could handle it. He trusted God to carry out justice. Proverbs 12 verse 20 says, Deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. Joseph was a peacemaker, 
and he had so much joy. Joseph saw the invisible hand of God at work in his life. He understood that behind his conniving brothers stood the Lord God who had orchestrated the entire affair in order to get him to just the right place at the right moment in order to save his whole family and the nations. Bad things happened to Joseph because of what his brothers did. God never ordains sin. God never ordains evil. We can sin and mess up our lives, but we will never mess up God's purposes for us. He is greater than our schemes. Secondly, but God is greater than our seasons of testing. Verse 20, let's read it together. You intended to harm me. Just that. You intended to harm me. Do not expect the seasons of regular testing to stop. Each time we are about to move to a new level, our faithfulness and strength will be permitted to be severely tested by God as preparation for moving us on to greater things. As you reflect on your life, did you grow the most when things were going well for you or in times of pain? Did your character benefit the most when things came easily for you or when you have had to persevere to get what you needed. I am very concerned about the present generation's attitude of entitlement, the opinion that everyone owes them something and that everything should be handed to them on a silver platter. You've got to work hard for whatever you want to accomplish, for whatever you desire in life. Although life holds much suffering, it is not all suffering. Remember that. Yes, there's suffering in life, but it is not all suffering. Our refusal to let go of our hurts follows us for years to come. God only means for the trials to last for a season, but many have made what has happened to them a lifestyle. And that's the sad thing. We blame people, we blame circumstances, we blame the environment for where we are today. We've made whatever has happened a lifestyle. There comes a time when we can no longer afford to focus on the wrong people have done to us. Go forward, child of God, with new purpose. You have been prepared for something great. Joseph looked back on years of trial and victory and declared God's presence in every detail of his life. From valleys to victories, God was there. Thirdly, but God is greater than our setbacks. Let's read the verse further. But God intended it for good. That's that. God intended it for good. God is greater than our setbacks. In which way is God bigger than our setbacks? 
His intention is bigger than our setbacks. God intended it for good. As human beings, we have failed in our intentions. But God has never failed in His intentions. His plan is greater than our feelings. His intention is bigger than any setback. His plan is greater than our feelings. His intention is bigger than any setback. His interpretation is bigger than our setbacks. God does not see the setback the way we see it. We see it as a negative outcome. He sees it as positive. We see it as disappointment and defeat. He sees it as victory. As transformation. He sees it as breakthrough. His interpretation is bigger than our delays and hold-ups. And Isaiah 55 verses 8 to 9 says it so beautifully. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. His inclination is bigger than our setbacks. No matter how dark our life may seem, we must believe the truth that his inclination is bigger than our setback. His inclination to hear us is bigger than our setback. He hears our faintest whisper. He hears our deepest groans. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. His inclination to help us is bigger than our setbacks. He reaches us wherever we are. His intervention is bigger than our setback. If God can alter the very laws of nature, I believe he can help us with our problems. There is no setback or famine too big for God to handle. The setback was just a platform for him to demonstrate his power. Romans 8 verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good for, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. God paid Joseph double for his trouble. And in his latter years, Joseph's blessings far outweighed his sufferings. Thank God that his intervention is bigger than our setbacks and hardships. But God, firstly, is greater than our surroundings. Still verse 20, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Part of Joseph's purpose in Egypt was to bring the knowledge of God to those who lived there. He did that through his consistent godly example, his willingness to speak openly of his faith and his service to others. There is no evidence of Joseph ever being ashamed of his faith. Whether he was standing before a fellow slave, before his family, or before the mighty Pharaoh himself, Part of your purpose in life is to bring who Jesus is to those around you. Your family, friends, associates, colleagues, contemporaries, enemies, 
your generation and everywhere you go. Let him use you to change the world around you. He has placed you in a very specific place, surrounded by very specific people, in very specific circumstances, to make a difference in their lives, all for his glory. You will be amazed how the Lord uses you as a shining light, right where he has placed you, in your surroundings. But then fifthly and finally, but God is greater than our sin. Verse 21. Finally, Jacob dies at the age of 147 years. Now only Joseph and his brothers remain. They fear that with Jacob's death, Joseph will be free to take revenge on them. But I love the verse in Romans 5 verse 20 which says, But where sin increased, grace increased more and more. Joseph reassured them. He did not give them what? They deserved. He spoke kindly to them. When they assumed that it was over for them, Joseph spoke his words of total release over them. His forgiveness was not based on them. They had to be with him, though, in order to benefit. No matter what has happened, they had to be with him in order to benefit. But forgiveness was available. Many times we've got to be under the covering of others. I ask you this morning, under whose covering are you? In order for you to benefit. You are under the covering of someone this morning. That is why you are benefiting in so many ways. If you are lost, forgiveness is available. If you are saved and have fallen, forgiveness is available. You do not have to scheme or make excuses. Just repent. Proverbs 28 verse 13 says, Whoever conceals their sins, or covers it in other words, does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. 1 John 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus has already provided forgiveness for all. Colossians 2 verse 14 says, He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. He's taken the weight of our sin upon himself, nailing it to the cross. But many do not know its benefits because they have never accepted his forgiveness, his salvation, his mercy, his grace, his love. A crisis does not make a person. A crisis reveals who a person is. During a time of trial, you turn to what you trust. An alcoholic turns to the bottle. An addict turns to drugs. A worldly person turns to the world's wisdom. A child of God should turn to the Lord. He is sufficient to get you through. Depend on Him as your refuge today. Do you walk each day in conscious dependence upon Him, yielding to His way? Draw on Him as your resource today. His Holy Spirit is like the river of life, sufficient for every need. John 7 verse 38 says, Rivers of living water will flow from within them. 
draw upon his strength daily, drinking from him to avoid spiritual drought. He alone refreshes. Willingly submit to him as your ruler. Bow to his ways. Joseph died at the age of 110, filled with joy, full of God's blessings, having his own family and even his grandchildren, more so having his brothers, all with him. Had he never been sold into slavery, he would never have ended up in Egypt. Had Egypt not been prepared for the coming famine, many in that part of the world would have died, including Joseph and his brothers. And had Joseph and his brothers died there, would have been no Israel, and therefore no Messiah. The Lion of the tribe of Judah, Revelation 5 verse 5. Joseph's whole life is one long trail of evidence that demonstrates how God uses the worst of circumstances to bring about good. Your greatest problems can become your greatest victories if you choose to cling to God despite your brokenness. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you for your word this morning. And thank you, Lord, that through all the stages and phases of life, you are equipping us, preparing us, empowering us to accomplish something awesome, something great. Bless us today, Lord. We honor you for who you are. Thank you for always being there for us. And now may the grace of our Lord, the love of God, and the dynamic presence of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with us all until Jesus comes again and everybody join together to say, Amen.